You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Good evening and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Uh, Chris is on holiday, so he's not on hosting duties. Uh, it's myself, John, and we're joined by a debutant. We've been building this up for a few weeks, so no, <laughs> no pressure. Uh, <laughs> it goes by it goes by the footy gaffer on the forum, uh, but his real name is Hamish. How are you doing, Hamish? I'm very well, thanks. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, pleasure, pleasure to be here. Aye, it's good to have you. We've been wanting to have you on for a while, but... I know that you've been chasing me. <laughs> we had to we had to fight off stuff competition. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I you had a good day. I've had a good day. Yep. Uh, been watching Cheltenham all day long. Uh, I'm actually off this week. But, uh, had an enjoyable day just watching the horse racing. I I watched a wee bit of myself actually. I think I just had a one winner. Aye, one winner. Um, but I seemed to be into bookies to get bashing today anyway. I think they did. Yeah. There was a lot of favourites. One. Tomorrow looks a bit harder to predict, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the bookies will get their money back at some point, I would imagine. They always do. Uh, but I, um, we should mention that Hamish is a Hearts fan. So he's uh, the second Hearts fan that we've had on the podcast. You might remember that guy, Laurie. Oh, yes, I know Laurie. Uh, so I, so he'll, he'll be enjoying talking about the weekend's action anyway. Um, the Cup final, which we'll come back to talk about later. Um, but we'll start with the charity bit. Um, it was a, a treble that was picked. Obviously, we went on air last week, so we had a wee bit of discussion on WhatsApp. Um, and the treble that we came up with was Peterhead, who they were fine. They won 4 1, comfortable win. Um, we also had, though, Alawa against Wraith Rovers, and we picked Wraith Rovers, which looked like an almost certainty, but as we all know, we all, we've all been certainties before, and obviously it was 1 0. So we never even got going into the last game, which was the Falkirk Dumbarton game. So. That said, the charity bet didn't come in, and first goal scorer-wise, well, we failed there as well. We opted for Nathan Austin, who we've kind of backed a few times recently, but he never even started the game, so um, no joy there either. So hopefully we'll have better luck this week, because the gaffer, or Hamish, I should say, he likes a bet. Um, so we'll see what but, we can come up with later on. Do we get our money back if the goal scorer doesn't start? Ah, nah. I, I know in normal circumstances... We, we probably would, but uh, not in this situation. So we'll see what happens, see what we come up with later on once we do the predictions. We'll blame Chris for the uh, Wraith Rovers and Falkirk scores. Aye, definitely. Because I think I did actually pick out Peter Head, who stuffed Stenhouse Muir 4 1. Aye, Peter Head are fantastic form just now. Um, they're obviously playing tonight as well, I believe. Is it still 0 0 in that game? Yeah, it's still 0 0 just now, 10 minutes to go. So, uh, maybe maybe we'll start with League One, I think, um, in terms of the lower league review, seeing as, obviously, they're playing tonight. Um, still looking like the Inferno are going to win that league. Um, I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption. But 11 the, points clear, I think. Aye. But the the battle for the playoff spots is pretty interesting. Uh, Ayr and Peterhead, they look kind of almost certain to be there. But the, the battle below that is where it's interesting. Um, Strindar over recent weeks have had a right good run of form and put themselves in contention. And then you've got Airdrie and Albion Rovers in there as well. I would say beyond that, that probably you'd be looking at them like Sir Stenhouse, we have been a bit too far behind. Yeah, I think it's definitely between Strindar and Albion Rovers to try and get up there beside Airdrie. Or sorry, Airdrie Odians. Yeah, who have recently employed... Uh, appointed Danny Lennon in a 
a temporary basis, so we'll see how he gets on there. But I, I think at the moment, I think momentum is maybe with Stranraer. They're They're in a pretty good run of form. So after a poor start to the season, yeah. Uh, but the, the bottom end of the table, Brecon were looking a bit kind of out of it recently, but they've had a three ones in a row to put them equal. That's right. Yeah, they've got a fighting chance, I think. They have. Um, so they equal a four for a now only two points behind Kingdomwith as well. So anyone from those three will be going down automatically. But that probably covers League One. There's probably not much else to say there. Um, if we look at League Two. Gaff, Hamish and we were talking about it a wee bit before the, the podcast started in terms of we were thinking about maybe putting in Queen's Park at the weekend and they're having a bit, they were having a bit of a shocker tonight against Arden. They're 3-0 three, they're down just now, uh, which has stunned me. Aye. <laughs> uh, Must admit. If, if we've learned anything, usually our way wins are hard to come by in this league, but recently it's been all, it's been all over the place. It's At the moment... I would say in that league, East Fife are looking like the favourites um, in terms of them being in a pretty good run of form. But does I mean after if I, if that result stays the same at uh, Queens Park tonight, there'll be seven points between the top five, um, and Arne have still got a game in hand. Yeah, it's real tight tight stuff at the top of the league. My pick would probably be Elgin City to win the league, but as you say, there's few points between them at the top. Uh, we talked about Elgin a wee bit earlier on in the season because there was a while they were, they were getting about six to one on them even though they were like in the top two but um, aye who knows what's happening yeah, what will happen there um, I don't know in terms of the weekend fixtures as well in that league what have we got have we got anything aye let's see should have had that sure. what the big games are aye there's no real standout fixtures maybe at the weekend the top five are all kind of none of them are playing each other get added against Berwick Eastern and Clyde, Elgin against Montrose, Queen's Park against Arbroath and Stirling against East Fife. No big games there, but we'll come back later on to them, probably in the predictor anyway. Uh, the Championship, we've kind of spoke about it a wee bit with the charity bet, obviously with Wraith Rovers slipping up at Alloa, Falkirk slipping up at Dumbarton. Um, it was one of those rare weekends where every team in the league scored. That's right, yeah. Um, it's happened a couple of times in this league. Uh, the big game is maybe Friday night with Rangers and Morton. don't know if you've seen any of that. Yeah, I saw that game, and uh, again, Rangers, very comfortable winners. Uh, they really are strolling the league, in my opinion. Uh, they're quite clearly a class above everyone else. Aye, you've probably seen a wee bit more of them than what the rest of us have with last season, but it's a, a much-changed team, though. Uh, final score in that. Yeah, I mean, it's a completely new approach. It was 3-1 to Rangers. Aye, uh, after Morton went ahead through Denny Johnson, but even at that point, I believe that Rangers were on top and it was just a goal against the under play um, but we've just had news in that Morton have won tonight 3-2 so they managed to climb on because they were 3-0 ahead but you know, the came back to 3-2 um, I read it in the weekend as well Rangers are four wins away from the title they probably do it. They could probably do that in the next four games I think the way they're going just now I think they've got uh, at the weekend they're playing Falkirk away on the Friday night uh, if they come through that fixture, I think it's done and dusted. Yeah, uh, it will just come down to after that who's going to be the playoff spots. Falkirk and Hibs pretty much nailed on, and I would even say Wraith Rovers look as if they'll yeah. do it as well. I think that's probably a bit too much to catch up on for the likes of Morton and Queen of the South. The other end of the table, still Aloha look doomed. I think they'll be playing League One football next season. Yeah, they're gone. And Livingston need to kind of start picking up a few more points if they want to avoid the playoff spot as well. So we'll probably move on to move on to uh, the Premiership in terms yep. of what's happened in the last week. 
Um, there's a few fixtures. There was a couple of midweek fixtures last week, one of which I was at. Uh, I actually managed to get myself along to the Partick Thistle Aberdeen game, which was the rearranged fixture after the original fixture had been postponed due to the weather. Um, there was a wee bit of rain again last Tuesday, which was a bit concerning. I thought that the game might be called off again because when you see that pitch at Fertile, it's it's in a pretty bad state. Um, it's a terrible pitch. I mean, there's, uh, the way that the game went, there was actually a part of the pitch whereby players just were avoiding. They just weren't mm-hmm. going down one of the wings, um, to be honest. The, the game itself, it was... Part of this were pretty decent, I thought. Um, in particular, Amu on the wing really impressed me. He had the beating of Considine all night. Um, and then Big Pogba looks an alright player. He's not got much of a goal threat, but in terms of the way he holds up the ball, that side of things is quite good. Looking at the them, I, I think they'd actually be probably better off playing two up front with Pogba and Doolin, because Pogba will do all the kind of hard work in terms of holding up the ball and everything like that, whereas Doolin kind of knows where the goal is, but they seem to prefer just playing one up front. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, the guy Pogba, he's a big unit up front, uh, and I saw him at Tynecastle a couple of weeks ago, um, but he... He was very isolated. He never had anybody up to support him. That, yeah. was, that was really their problem. Uh, it was quite similar last Tuesday night. Yeah, the kind of closest that anyone got to him is maybe Gary Fraser can get close at times. But it's a frustrating thing, I think. Where, I mean, a lot of these teams prefer to play one up front, but I even find that at times at Aberdeen, um, when Rooney's playing up front himself, that he can be isolated at times. We're, we're fortunate enough that we've got a bit of a goal threat over attacking midfield positions, but not all teams have that. Well, that's uh, right. If, you, if you've got one striker up front you really need midfielders that are going to go you know beyond that striker as well and support them uh, if not then you know you're just playing with one man isolated up front yeah um, but the, the game itself kind of kicked into life with Steve Lawless's goal which was a fantastic strike possibly a bit of naivety from Craig's story in terms of maybe rushing a wee bit and gave Lawless a wee bit too much space but uh, it was a cracking hit yep. um, Scott Brown had no chance really with that and at that point the, the kind of crowd, the, the way crowd were a bit kind of nervy and thought that's probably any chance they're like gone. Um, however, super sub Barry Robson came on, who's <laughs> after being almost cold storage. I don't know whether like McInnes has just been saving him for this kind of period, but um, the last three games he's been very influential in terms of creating goals. I don't know if experience the team as well, because midfield-wise, we'd started with Jack and Story, and I... Robson still looks like he's got it. He's maybe not going to be able to play in 90 minutes, but he can just come on and have a wee half-hour cameo here and there and do the job. I think he's got three assists in his last three games. Um, which I, think is... that, I think that's it, that he, you know, he's maybe not got the legs to play 90 minutes anymore, but he's certainly still you know, got the skill. Um, so he's, he's, it's probably best to have him just coming on for the last 30 minutes of games. Definitely. He ended up actually getting subbed himself because uh, he got injured. But he's still, as you say, he's going to get on a bit, but the, the football brain's still there. And I think it's crucial about Robson as well as he knows how to win a title. He's probably, I would think, one of the only players in that squad that's won the well, the Premiership or Premier League, as it, as it was, um, that I can think of in the Aberdeen squad. And I is it. His experience will count a lot to the end of the season, especially as well in terms of bringing on uh, Craig Story, who looks like a good prospect, but as I say, he was maybe caught a wee bit with a goal um, last week. The the other one that's kind of stood out as well last Tuesday was Johnny Hayes. Um, just back from injury, wasn't sure how he would got on, but he was oh, terrific. Um, what, he was wanting the ball everywhere. He was even dropping into like, getting the ball off the defenders. Um, just I 
really good. And other one that was kind of it's a weird one, but um, I've been talking to a few of the boys that go to more games than myself. Um, Simon Church, his goal record so far for us is fantastic, but see, apart from scoring goals, he doesn't add much else to the play. But he's got a handy habit of popping up when it counts. Well, he's been a great signing for you, especially uh, since Rooney's been injured. Has he not almost scored in every game? Uh, I think it's something like four and seven he's got, which is a pretty yep. good record. Um, the the importance of him as well is the fact that he's playing to try and get into the Wales squad for the Euros. Um, so, aye, it's worked out a kind of clever sign. I don't think many people knew much about him, but so far, so good. Um, and obviously, that win last week took us a point behind Celtic ahead of the, the weekend fixtures. So, that started off where we had Friday night football. And I think I'm pretty sure those two played before on Friday night. I don't know if it was their season or last season. Motherwell and Dundee United. Yeah. But I recalled them playing it playing at some point. It might even be one of the first Friday night fixtures since Friday night football returned. But I Dundee United kind of had been in a good bit of form, but they kind of slipped up a wee bit in that game in terms of losing 2-1. Which... Yeah, because they went, they went ahead. Uh, good strike from Anyar. Um and I've actually quite fancied Dundee United just in the recent weeks. I think that uh, Big Mixu's got them playing well. Um, but Motherwell came back. And I think that's Motherwell, you know, possibly got themselves out of the relegation problems they were in only three or four games ago. Aye, I would think so. I mean, that's them 10 points ahead of Kilmarnock. OK, Kilmarnock have got a game in hand. But there's a lot of teams there that need to be worrying to, I think, um, have any chance of Motherwell getting in the playoff spot, getting relegated. They'll be looking, they're obviously in the top six just now, so they'll be looking to try and keep that position, though. Obviously, you've got the likes of Dundee, Partick Thistle, hot on their heels, even Inverness as well. Um, I, I, I'm a, a bit like yourself, though. I still th- I, I've got, still think Dundee that you can get out of that position. Um, I know they... sort of, they've got the players. Uh, I think their problem was at the start of the season, they had a lot of uh, injuries, but now those players have come back and the results are starting to, to come for them. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they have... The important thing is obviously, I mean, what does they've got four games up to the split, and then obviously the other five games are all going to be against teams that are a similar kind of quality. So, uh, yeah, they have they have certainly got a chance um, of getting out of it, especially with the fact Kilmarnock are they, they've not really had the bound, the manager bounce Lee Clark coming in um, and getting terms of getting positive results. Yeah, one thing I noted from that game as well that uh, Scott McDonald had a deliberate elbow. Uh, in the face of one of ah, the yeah. Dundee United players, can't remember who it was. Uh, he was very lucky to get away with that. I thought he was. I don't know whether there's been any kind of compliant. I don't know whether the compliance officers done anything about it or whether anything will happen. But yeah, there was that, uh, and there was also the Paul Payton kickout. Yeah, Paul Payton kickout as well. Yeah, that was um, that, for me. That was a straight red card. It was completely deliberate. So, and he's, he's an important, well, both of those players, eh, McDonald for Motherwell and Payton for Dundee United are vital players for them. So, I do be hoping that, that nothing comes of that. Um, the other one, see, I, the Johnson header, I think Dundee United keeper could have done a bit better there. Mm-hmm, yeah. It looked like he'd started to kind of come for the ball and then stopped and it was in no man's land. So, I positive for Motherwell. I think since actually, since Greg had been on the podcast a few weeks ago, he was talking all doom and gloom about how bad Motherwell had been doing, and they've kind of gone and won three games in the bounce. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they've got a decent striker up front. The guy Molt, uh, I think he's now got 17 goals for the season, but he he quite often pops in and scores the winning goal for them. Ah, he's been a very good signing. Uh, Greg had mentioned kind of how impressed he was by him in terms of not just his goals but his work rate. So, ah, uh, he's been a really good find for them. 
many others was out at the weekend. Aberdeen against Kilmarnock on paper looked like it should have been a comfortable win for Aberdeen, but we're not really we're not really that clinical in terms of kind of, kind of beating teams by more than one goal recently. So went ahead, which was great. Big Gash Taylor was it not? It was Big Gash Taylor arrived from the corner, and uh, who comes back to haunt us? But Josh McGuinness. <laughs> so. Uh, at that point, I was thinking again, oh, here we go. Ward kind of slipped up points at a vital time, but we, we managed to get a winner. So, Barry Robson, like, what was that? I was going to say, I think that Logan got the winner, didn't he? And uh, he was man of the match in that game, I thought, because he had a clearance off the line as well. He did. stopped yeah. to go uh, and, and pops in with the winner. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I was his 100th appearance with the club, Shay Logan. Um, there's been talk for a while that he'll probably head back down south at the end of the season due to kind of family circumstances, but hopefully we manage to sort out something where he stays. I know he, he still gets to go home quite a bit, but he's a, he's the first decent fullback Aberdeen I've had for years. So aye, it's really important we kind of keep him. Plus as well, he's chipped in with a few a few goals this season. Um, and as you say as well, I mean his clearance. Um, it's not the first time he's done that. He's, it's at times he can almost act like a sweeper at times in terms of the cause of his pace getting back to save us. So, aye, good for him. Good uh, result for him. Scoring there. A couple of, we had a couple of other chances, mind you. McLean hit the post. Um, again, kind of hit one off the bar. I think Kenny McLean especially had a good start to the season in terms of goal-scoring-wise. Um, obviously, he's been rewarded by a call-up to Aberdeen squad. Uh, sorry, not Aberdeen squad, the Scotland squad, which was good to see. Though, I think there was probably maybe well, at least one other I think that could have come up but we'll probably talk about that later when we talk about the Scotland scores that have been announced for the double header against Czech Republic in Denmark <laughs> so I think I think these results the last two results for Aberdeen they're quite important that now Aberdeen you know they've got that killer instinct and they, they realise they have to win these games if they, they want to compete with Celtic uh, probably in the you know last year they, they probably would have drawn these games but this year they're popping in with the winner Definitely, I think they can smell smell blood. Um, Celtic obviously haven't been as good as they are, they have been in kind of last season, so they've got a, they've got a bit of a difficult run as well. I think Celtic in terms of they've still got Kamaric to play, which a lot of people would think, aye, that'd be an easy game. But uh, Celtic have dropped points in both games they played against Kamaric so far last season, and sure. then a couple of weeks time there's Hearts as well, who again the last time Hearts went to Celtic Park was 0-0. It's a 0-0 draw, yep. And the other, they've got another two. They've got three. I think three away fixtures now. Yeah, they're away to away to Dundee the week after Hearts, and then away to Motherwell as well. So I would I would say died. There's no easy tie there. Dundee, or I would say the last time Dundee played Celtic, Dundee were the better team by all accounts at Celtic Park. Um, and then Motherwell. Uh, now and again, Motherwell come up with a wee win against Celtic. So see what happens. <laughs> Aberdeen got Motherwell this weekend. And then we've got Hamilton to play, and then big game, Friday night game, just before a split. It's uh, our teams against each other, Hearts Aberdeen. That's right. I think the way the league is looking, you've got to say that Hearts are probably going to be the most influential in deciding who actually wins the, the league. The, you know, the games against Celtic, Aberdeen and Hearts are going to be the vital games. Absolutely. I, I think you'd even touched on it yourself in terms of, if, say for example, Hearts with the win, both those games before the split. Would that would Hearts possibly be in the mitts? I mean, I, I I did just throw that in, and I was almost joking. But you know, if we if we did take points or or, or beat Celtic, beat Aberdeen, 
Uh, we'd also then have to play them again, obviously, after the split. So it wouldn't be mathematically impossible for us to win the league. No, I mean, uh, but, but I'm dreaming now. Aye. <laughs> good run of form, though, Hearts. Uh, another clean sheet at the weekend. That's four clean sheets in a row. Uh, from what I hear, John Suter has been, looks like he's been playing there for years. He's, he's honestly, since he's come, uh, he's looked a bit of class, actually, I've got to admit. Uh, I knew I knew he was good, but when you actually see him in the flesh, uh, he's he's a very good defender. So I think we paid under 150k for him, uh, and that was an absolute steal. Ah, it seems like a bargain. I don't, I don't understand why many more clubs went in for him if he was available at that price, but a fantastic bit of business by Hearts. And I see as well you've signed another player as well, Perry Kitchen. Perry Kitchen. I've not, I've not seen him yet, but by all accounts, everyone seems to be talking good about him. Aye, uh, judging Jorgen Klinsman, I even said. I even heard um, saying good words about him. Well, that's, I, I think he's played three times for uh, the USA. Uh, so I think Jorgen Klinsman had to, to write a letter so that he got uh, his international clearance. He he seemed to rate him, so it's all good. Aye, adds a bit of extra competition for places in a midfield that's already pretty decent anyway, because obviously Jim, who's been a terrific signing, he did well to get him in an extended deal, obviously, after he was initially in a short-term deal. Jim's another player, I think, that uh, he's almost too good for Hearts. Uh, he's, he's a standout player every week. So I think we'll do well to, to hold on to, to him and probably the likes of uh, this uh, Perry Kitchen chap. I think they're, you know, they're probably using uh, Hearts as a stepping stone to try and get down south. But uh, we'll gladly take them and, and play them. Aye, exactly. As long as you get a, kind of maybe at least a year or a couple of years out of them and then get a bit of money for them, then what harm is it? Um, that's the way I think Scottish football has been for a while whereby we're just a stepping stone for players going down south um, unfortunately but it's just the way it is isn't it I think that's the way you have to go with football now that you, you've you got to bring in the players uh, and then and then make good value of them and then and sell them on Yeah, keep your club going uh, you'll be pleased though with the return of Jamie Walker since he came back from injury is it 4 and 5 he's got now it's 4 and 5 yeah he's uh, I mean he, he's won uh I, th- I think he's our Scotland player. Uh, he's he. We missed him, and I think we we faltered about five fixtures ago when he was injured, and it was noticeable uh, that we weren't winning the games when he wasn't there. As soon as he comes back into the team, he's scored almost every game, uh, and quite often it's the winning goal that he scores. I think you've got a couple. Of, kind of, well, you've got a few future internationals in that team. I think I, I like Sa- anything I see Sam Nicholson. I'm really really impressed by him, but. Walker maybe regarded as the better of the two, would you say? I'd probably, yeah, I'd, I'd say Walker's the better of the two. Nicholson, he's just a little bit lightweight, but he's he's a cracking talent as well. He can beat a man uh, and he can score a goal as well. I mean, he's scored a few pill drivers into the top corner. You'd also have to say uh, Patterson as well. He's got a chance to play for Scotland, I would imagine. I would think so. I think he'd probably, probably been in the squad if he were injured. Um, yeah, that's right. And then I know it's uh, Jordan McGee. Seems to be kind of quite well rated at Hearts as well, so one possibly for the future as well. If he stays at Hearts, because I know there's been interest from clubs down south. Well, I mean, we almost sold him uh, in the transfer window, which I couldn't understand. Uh, maybe it was that like handball against Aberdeen. I don't know. But uh, he's, he's, he's a cracking talent as well. But he, he doesn't always get a game, that's the thing. Ah, you've got quite a, well, you've got quite a lot of options in defence, haven't you? Yeah. So, competition for places, so that'll keep Hearts going anyway at the end of the season. Uh, other couple of games that features at the weekend, Inverness against Hamilton. Another team, Hamilton, who have struggled for goals, a bit like Kilmarnock, but they've kept a fair amount of clean sheets. 
for a team down the bottom hitting even nine clean sheets now, which is yeah. almost almost one in the three, which is pretty impressive. And that could be a, a very important one for them as they try and avoid the relegation playoff spot. I think that was a, a much needed win, that one. Uh, the the guy that got the winning goal, Morris, as well, he looks quite a good player. I always think when I see him, he always stands out. He's on one from Norwich, yeah. Yeah. Inverness disappointing to lose at home. Uh, I don't think they've I don't think they've won in the last six games, uh, so they've got pretty poor form just now. Inverness, which is quite strange. They have, yeah, and obviously they've got a, a cup replay to deal with tomorrow against Hibs. So, mind you, both teams are in pretty much in different form because Hibs haven't exactly been going great recently, which will obviously come on to it when we talk about the cup final. Yep. Um, that, the other fixture that was played obviously in the Premiership game was Partick Thistle against Celtic. After seeing Partick Thistle play against Aberdeen, I thought they might have offered uh, a decent threat to Celtic, and I think they had a few chances, but Celtic, a bit too good, a bit of quality. Griffiths and McGregor, who another one that's just in that Celtic team's come in and taken his chance, a bit like Mackay Stephen recently, because attacking midfield, Celtic have a massive amount of options in there, but he seems to impress his, his misdemeanor off the pitch, which has yeah. been publicised a wee bit recently. Yeah. I think there was... There was a very soft penalty in that game, uh, which Partick Thistle got. I think it was their first penalty they've they've been awarded in, in uh, aye, about like eighteen seven, months or something. Aye, something uh, seventy-seven games, I think. I read, aye. Yeah, but I, if I was the ref, I don't think I would have given it. But I think it, he would. Sorry, it didn't. It didn't affect the results. Oh, it never. I think even Archibald was surprised that they got a penalty. I don't know if that he was just surprised that they got a penalty or he was surprised at how he, how they got the penalty. <coughs> but uh, obviously, we'll. Can I move on to talk about the Scotland squad? We actually maybe could talk about it now, maybe, and then come back yep. to the cup final. Uh, Callum McGregor might be one to look out for in the upcoming campaign. He didn't make this squad, or should I say squads, but there was a fair few Celtic players in the squad. Uh, first call up for Jan Tierney, which... Yeah, I, I, think, I think that was a certainty that Tierney would uh, get a call up. He's, he's been, been basically Celtic's best player this season, I would say. Yeah, uh, by all accounts, he's been the most consistent defender. Um, anytime I've seen him against Aberdeen, he's looked pretty impressive. And not only is he good going forward, but he's pretty solid at the back as well. Um, good physical presence as well. Six foot two for a fullback. Kind of similar kind of stature to Andy Robertson. You would say he's probably first choice. Though at times in the last campaign, Strachan never kind of favoured him in the big games. He preferred playing Whitaker in there or even Craig Forsyth at times. So we're, we're quite well covered at left back because there was a couple of players that been a bit of chat about maybe whether they should have been called up. Uh, in terms of for Aberdeen, Graham Shinney, I was shocked that he wasn't in the squad. I would probably say that Graham Shinney is more deserving a call up than Kenny McLean. But it's probably just the, kind of, the strength that we have at left back that Shinney's maybe struggled to get in there. Even though his versatility as well. Because Shinney's he's quite adept at playing in midfield as well. So a bit of a surprise with that one, I think. I would imagine there'll be a few Rangers fans uh, thinking that Lee Wallace deserves a chance as well. Yeah, that was the other one that I've seen people saying that he should have been called up. It's hard to say when he's playing at Championship, and no disrespect to the kind of team he's playing at Championship, but it's hard enough for players in the Premiership getting a call-up if they don't play for Celtic, yet alone players playing the Championship. However, John McGinn got a call-up at Hibs. That's right. Yeah. I think I always say with uh, Lee Wallace that he does look fantastic going forward and he is scoring a lot of goals, but is he is he good at defending? That's that's probably what you have to ask the questions, which is probably what Scotland will have to do. Yeah, well, you've, you've seen a fair bit of him at his time at Hearts. 
Yeah, I mean, he was he, he was a cracking youngster, uh, and he always looked like he was Scotland potential. So, <laughs> is there a, a wee lack of ambition stepping down three divisions when maybe he could have gone south, and 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 then maybe he would have been a regular for Scotland for the last five years? You know? Yeah, I would agree with you. I think Rangers fans would probably disagree. They see it as being a good thing that he kind of stayed with the club. But yeah, at the age he was as well, he'd understood. I mean, you understood the likes of Lee McCulloch because he was a bit older and coming to the end of his career, but Lee Wallace was in his coming towards his peak years and yet chose to go down and play with him. So, I uh, probably a missed opportunity for him, though, and he, which he might come to the great when it comes to the end of his career. I, th- I think he has actually stated that he, he, he basically knew uh, when he made his decision to uh, go to Rangers that uh, that would probably affect his international career. So, he's obviously made that choice. Yeah. But it's a shame we don't have the, the depth we have at right-back that what we do at left-back is right-back still, Alan Hutton still getting called up, which he's, he's seen better days, I would say, Alan Hutton. Uh, uh, he, he's prone to making mistakes as Hutton, I would yeah. say. He's, he's, another, he's, he's, he's very good going forward, but he gets quite kind of going back the way, certainly. Uh, but the only other option really we have, well, in the squad anyway, is Stephen Whitaker, who... Is another one I've never really rated. So I think he's all right, maybe going forward, but defensively, I don't. I'm not really a big fan of him. Yeah, I think there was quite a lot said about uh, Strachan keeping the same old faces in the team. But to be fair to him, you still, even though you're introducing a few youngsters, you've still got to have some experience in the team. Yep, I would agree. Yeah, I think you've got to have the balance between the two. Um, the one that's a wee bit surprising though is still Gordon Greer getting called up and. He gets a lot of criticism from Scotland fans on forums anyway that I've seen. However, I believe I read a stat that I don't think he's I don't think Scotland have lost when he started or something like that. No, I think a lot of the games he started maybe in friendlies, but he's thirty five yeah. and he's not getting a game at Brighton just now. But again, it probably just shows maybe we've not very many options at centre back. Um, Liam Cooper's been called up from Leeds for his first call up. You've got Christoph Berra playing down at Ipswich who in the past has done alright it's for Scotland at times you've got Russell Martin at Norwich but if you think I, I can't think of many young centre-backs coming through there's obviously Suter at Hearts but whether it be too early or whether he was maybe worth a call-up I think yeah I think Suter maybe just came a little bit too early for him because he, he almost wasn't getting played by Dundee United uh, and then he kind of came to Hearts was on the bench a few times but I think I think he'll uh He'll be in the Hearts team week in, week out in yeah. the future, so his time will come. Um, the other kind of centre-backs that's been around the squad recently, Mark Reynolds, but Mark Reynolds isn't in very good form for Aberdeen. He's been kind of dropped on occasion as well. Um, the other one was Ash Taylor. They'd been touted for a call-up at one point, but I think he can play for Wales or Scotland, I believe. But he's, he's, again, he's not been in terrific form, so I defensively, I would say we're probably struggling a wee bit. I would expect he'll when the campaign starts again, it'll be Russell Martin and Grant Hanley at centre back again. I think. Yeah, I think I think he'll stick with the solid players he knows in defence anyway. Uh, in terms of midfield, uh, the one that stood out, I don't know whether you'd heard of him before, but Oliver Burke at Nottingham Forest, which was a bit of a, a surprise. Yeah, this is the guy that I think he's is he only eighteen years old. Yeah, well, uh, and he, you know, why is he not just getting picked for the under twenty ones? Is he? Is he that good to be going straight into the, the full squad? I don't know. Yeah, because he... I've not seen much about him. I'd be surprised if he started. I, I, he might not even get on. It might just be one of those that he's inviting him along just to Give see, him a what bit of like experience, in, yeah. see what he's like in training. But you'd have thought, mate, I don't know, 
uh, what happened there. The other ones that were called up for the, the Denmark game, uh, John McGinn, who we mentioned earlier, and Troy McGinn's got all right. I expect he'll get a game at some point because the only other centre midfielders in that squad are Bridcut um, and Brown. And Lashikilton at times has been utilised in the defensive mid position. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But the Jamie Worthy that used to be at Motherwell, currently at Brighton, he's been called up as well. Yeah, I certainly think John McGinn deserves a chance because he's been outstanding for Hibs all season. Um, whether he's Scotland material, I have my question marks, but he's a cracking player. Aye. Um, I suppose, it's a, again, it's just a chance for Strachan to have a look at as many players as they can. There were some players get called up for both squads. Um, I think Anya has been called up for both squads. Charlie McGrew, Stephen, I think Whitaker, Gordon Greer and Stephen Fletcher. But I think they're all players that haven't been playing regularly for the clubs. So Strachan said he wanted to give them extra game time. And in a way, I think if they're not playing for the clubs, should they be getting called up? Are we not better off having players that are playing week in, week out? Yeah, I think that, I think he, you know, he's getting away from what you're really meant to be doing is playing the informed players who are are doing the business for their clubs uh, and picking picking the best players at, at at the time. Absolutely, yeah. It's almost like he's get he's treating international football as a way of these players getting match fit or getting some sort of match fitness. But yeah, it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be happening that way. Um, hopefully, in that game, though, Lee Griffiths gets gets his chance to start as opposed to him playing Fletcher, which we'll see what happens there. Uh, I think I think without question, uh, Griffiths needs to needs to be playing. Uh, he's obviously, a standout player for Celtic this season as well. So absolutely, I th- surely he's got to start. Yeah, I think he was, at the end of last campaign, I think he should have been probably starting. But um, Strachan favoured Fletcher over him. We'll see what happens there. Um, the other game, the game against Czech Republic, the maybe a bit of a surprise call up was Tony Watt. Um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, st- still quite young, but obviously he's been probably dying out on the, the fact they're scoring a winning goal against Barcelona for a few years, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know whether Strachan actually compared him to Ibrahimovic or whether the media have kind of twisted his words a wee bit, but there were stories that Tony Watt could be that special talent for Scotland. Well, I've never seen any of that so far. No, uh, I can't see it have either. Uh, the other kind of ones that were called up there for the first time or uncapped anyway, Kenny McLean, as I mentioned earlier, and Kevin McDonald to Wolves, it used to be at Dundee a while yeah. back. I think, I know he was touted for a call-up before, I don't know whether he made it to any squads before, but again, he, there's probably a good chance that one of McDonald or McLean will start that game, I would think, when you look at the options in midfield. The only other midfielder really, Darren Fletcher. I'd certainly like to see Kenny McLean getting a chance, because I've been cracking on about him all season. He Every time I watch Aberdeen, he is... Influential, got a great left foot. Uh, always seems to be involved in the goals. Ah, uh, he's got a terrific range of passing as well. It's <laughs> his game's probably developed this year as well because when he first signed for us, um, I preferred him certainly playing as a kind of not quite a number ten role, but certainly attacking mid where he's going to get into the box and support really and get goal, get him into goals. But he's had to at times as player at this season play a bit kind of more of a withdrawn role uh, because of injuries to likes of Flood and Jack, and he's seems to kind of adapted well to that. Still think he's better further forward, but um, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, because in previous uh, squads that have been announced, when it's been Aberdeen players, Reynolds never got a chance, and Graham Shinney never got a chance either, so hopefully it's it's not the same case with Kenny McLean, and hopefully he's actually been called up so that Strachan can actually have a proper look at him and play him in the actual first-team football, so see what happens there. But the games themselves, I don't know. I don't know what, how 
Czech Republic and Denmark are approaching it, whether they've done a similar thing to us or see what happens. Yeah, I, I doubt they'll have uh, two different squads for, no, <laughs> for I the games. I doubt it either. Struck me as very bizarre, but there yeah. you go. See what happens. It'll be, it'll be all right if he if he actually has a look at as many of those players as he can, then all all, all good. But if he just plays the old favourites, then it's not going to really be any benefit. So we'll see what happens. Probably talk about it a wee bit more as the the fixtures come up because I would imagine there'll be the odd withdrawal here and there where it been friendlies. Yeah. But yeah, the other game that was played at the weekend that you probably enjoyed uh, almost as much as the Ross County fans was Ross County and Hibs in the League Cup final. Yeah, there's uh, a decent result. I must admit I was golfing on Sunday because I had no interest in watching it. Uh, and I, I did manage to arrive home, switch the telly on and see see the winning goal. Uh, but fair play, Ross County. They deserved it. Aye, that's both cups in the Highlands now. And you never know, they might even stay in there because obviously Inverness are still in the, the Scottish Cup. So... Um, you know Andy that comes on at times he's been a, a lucky charm for the Highland, Highland clubs he's, they've yep. had a fair bit of success since he moved up there from reporting on them by all accounts it was a pretty decent game from what I heard again I missed it as well unfortunately um, I was away out so I think I think for poor Hibs's point of view that, that they've just had too many games recently uh, they've, they've gone on a terrible run but the games are coming too quickly you know they've been playing Almost two games a week now for a couple of weeks. Uh, it's almost it's been too much for them. Yeah, it was interesting that they had a bit of a different approach to the preparing for the game. They went to Spain um, to try and prepare for the game whereas Ross County stayed at home. So who said that sunshine helps? Because obviously Ross County ended up winning. Yeah. By typical typical Hibs fashion, they managed to to mess up. You thought the game was going into extra time and then Alex Schalk pops up with a, I don't know, it was a fortunate winner but uh, Fontaine will be a disappointed. He obviously is trying to clean it but he's put it right in the path of Schalk. I was just disappointed that Schalk actually touched it because it looked like it was going to go in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to Fontaine though, he did score a pretty good goal at the other end yeah. um, to, get, to keep Hibs in the tie and he actually it, it was him that had the overhead kick after it went 2-1, yeah, whereby, right. whereby they kind of equalise. But yeah, credit to Ross County um, in terms of winning the, the cup. I think Jim McIntyre looks like a manager that could potentially be going places in future. I don't know whether he'll, he'll stay at Ross County or whether he'll have him. I would imagine he'll have ambitions to manage elsewhere. So see what yeah. happens there. I've heard him, some, some of the boys I go to football with have mentioned him as a possible replacement for McInnes if McInnes moves on at some point. But... I don't know. I'm not totally convinced. I think he's doing well. He's obviously doing well at Ross County, but whether he would, he could take the step up. We'll see what happens. But not. I mean, not to put the the nail in Hibbs's coffin, but it is time and time again when it comes to the big matches, they're 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 failing to win them, uh, and it it must be starting to prey on their minds now. Definitely. I mean, at one point it was looking like they were going to have a, a kind of chance in the league. Um, I think after the January transfer window as well, it looked positive with likes of Stokes coming in, but it's just not worked out. I think he, I don't know what's happened because they've got a good squad there. It's uh, almost as if when as soon as Stokes went, they've uh, they've not won a game since he's since he's been there. It's not well, it's not quite like that, but it, you know it's it's disrupted them. I think because they're you know they're persistent in playing him, uh, and to me he just looks like he's showboating. Uh, trying to do things himself, trying to be sort of the star man and score the goals when you know their team plays uh, not there basically because yeah. they're they're having to play him. 
Aye, it's whether he was actually needed because obviously Cummins has been in such great form. Keynes as well has kind of come up with a lot of good goal, kind of a lot of good goals for him as well. So I possibly maybe a disruptive influence in the dressing room because certainly his attitude's always been a problem at Celtic. Yeah, he's got a bit of form for disruption. But I'd be interested to see Ross County kick on from here, whether they get some more fans going to the game. I think, to be honest, they probably had a peak for the fans that go to the game, considering the size of the place. Well, is it not the fact that uh, there's more seats in the Ross County Stadium than there is actually people in Ross in uh, Dingwall? Aye, so they're doing terrific for the size of, size of the area, certainly. As are, obviously, Inverness as well. So we'll see. I know they'd be keen to try and get into Europe next season through the European spot whereby tomorrow you've got a game as well, St. Johnston and Ross County, which looks like it could be the, the battle for fourth place. Yeah, I think St. Johnston, I would have had nailed on for fourth place a wee while ago, but uh, their form suffered badly recently as well. Yeah, I think they've maybe come into a wee bit recently, because they'd, spe- they'd gone a spell whereby they could score a goal um, after scoring every week. I think they'd, they'd scored something like in the first 17, 18 games, and then went a, a run of five games without scoring. Obviously, it wasn't helped by losing O'Halloran. I've actually, I'm looking here, I've got that down as a 1-0 win to St Johnston just for the fact that Ross County have won the Cup. Their players probably were out in the pish and they might not have their eye on this game. <laughs> aye. Um, I don't know if I've made a prediction for it yet. I think I might have. But I will probably come, we'll come on to that. Actually, it's probably a good time to come on to it, actually, just now. Yep. So... Aye, at the moment I've got it as a 1-0 with those two. I'll take St Johnston to win that 1-0. Take St Johnston to win. So that's tomorrow's fixtures. Um, the weekend fixtures, we're back to having a full run of fixtures, all six of them. And we've got an early kick-off at Rugby Park, Kilmarnock against Celtic. I'm going to go Kilmarnock 1, Celtic 3. Um, I know I said earlier in the podcast that Celtic have struggled against Kilmarnock this season but I can't see it this time um, I know Lee Clark's come in but you know just from his interviews and his body language he didn't look too impressed with his, his squad of players uh, I, I think he, he realised the fight wasn't in them yeah I, I heard at times they played quite well against Aberdeen at the weekend but just think there's a, they're, they're not really scoring goals which there's no helping, and then they're obviously conceding at the other end, so the two together never going to help. Um, the odds for this match, Kamarik are 4 at home, which probably tells its story, and Celtic are 2-9, the draws are 11-2. I'm going to go 2-0 Celtic for that. Um, next up, you've got Hamilton off the back of their win against Inverness, against Partick Thistle, who have had a, a kind of bad run of games in terms of playing the, the top four. The last four games they'll be pleased to kind of play a team that's actually below them. Yeah. I'm always quite impressed by Partick Thistle, so I'm going to take them to win this 2-1. I, I was As I say, I was impressed by them last week. I, I'd be inclined to go for Partick Thistle as well, and I will go for a 1-0 victory for Partick Thistle. Um, Hamilton are 7-4, the draw is 11-5, and Partick Thistle are 8-5, so there could be Maybe a contender for the charity bet there. Yep. Um, next up, you have at Tynecastle Hearts against St. Johnson. I'll you... be unselfishly biased and say I think Hearts will win this game. And I think we've not actually been scoring enough goals recently and putting teams away, but I'll go for a 3-1 win. We've had four clean sheets in a row, so I don't think we're going to get another clean sheet. So 3-1. Aye, well, Hearts home form has been pretty terrific this season, hasn't it? 
He's only lost one in the league, I think. Yeah, I think we've got the best home format of anyone. Um, best amount of clean sheets as well. Now up to 14 clean sheets in yeah. the league. But as I say, I still fancy St Johnston to sneak a goal. Uh, good, I've need, can I see a good start earlier? Hearts have been one of that half-time and drill team in their last five home matches. Yeah, I think quite often the problem is that we're, we're winning, but we're maybe only... 1-0 up and we don't we don't bury the game when we're all over the team and then there's that awkward last 20 minutes in games where Robbie Nielsen starts to bring on uh, defenders and midfielders and really try and just sit the game out when really we should be just trying to score the, you know, the decisive goal. Aye, there's always that kind of worry as I said earlier on the podcast about Aberdeen that we don't, we're not killing off teams. Um, it's been a while since we've won by more than, more than a goal so I suppose a good habit though to be worrying when you're not playing particularly well as well at times, but it's not good for the the ticker. Um, last week at up at Party Thistle, I was pretty nervous the last 15 minutes. I has to be probably more nervous than I was when I got married. But um, I will see what happens. But I think Hearts will win too, and Hearts t- terrific value. I think at the weekend even money. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say I certainly suggest we put Hearts in the charity bet this week. The draws 12 to five and St Johnston 31 to 10, but aye, that looks a, a standout with Hearts. Next stop after that, we have Mark McGee's Motherwell against Aberdeen. Motherwell have done very well recently. Uh, my stepfather's a Motherwell fan, so I do always have him bashing on how well they're doing recently. I'll probably still go with Aberdeen to win this one 2 1 now. Yeah, I'm going just, just because I think now Motherwell have got themselves in a position where they're safe from relegation and you guys have got more desire to win the game. Yeah, again, we have to follow up playing after Celtic, because obviously Celtic have got the early kick-off, so um be interesting to see what happens in that game and how that affects how Aberdeen performed, because there's been a few times you've slipped up after playing after Celtic, so... I think that's going to be a problem for you all, well, for the remainder of the games, because Celtic are on, you know, the live Sky game or BT Sport game every every week, it seems. Yeah, so we're always going to have to be playing catch-up, but aye, if we want to have any chance of winning the table, we need to win this game and I am going the same as you, 2-1 we've had a few 2-1 victories recently so it's maybe even a good correct odds bet, but yeah Motherwell won Aberdeen 2 the odds for this, Motherwell are 3-1 the draw is 13-5 and Aberdeen are 19-20 I wouldn't be confident about putting my money on Aberdeen but for the predictor I'll, I'll take them Aye, we'll see though, because we've got high hearts will be definite so yep. we'll then see what's happening in the lower leagues, because the other fixtures that we have at the weekend are both derbies. We've got the Highland Derby, Ross County, a, a home game uh, where I'm sure they'll get to parade the trophy against yeah. Inverness. Uh, but both teams obviously play tomorrow night. So Yeah, obviously Inverness, I think they've played a lot of games recently as well. Ross County, I'll, I'll go 1-1 in this game. 1-1. Um, I'll go for 2-1 Ross County. Fancy County just to edge it. And Ross County are twenty one to twenty, the draws five to two, and Inverness are eleven to four. And the final Premiership fixture of the weekend is the Dundee Derby, which you would say Dundee that you probably got to got to win. Do you know what? Absolute must win for Dundee United. I think home advantage will tell. I'll go two one Dundee United. Aye, I was thinking the same as well, actually. <clears throat> um, Dundee United are 6-4, the draw is 12-5, and Dundee are 19-10. I'm not that confident, mind you, I put it in the charity bit, but no. um, aye, they definitely need to win. I don't and, think a, a derby match is a, a good charity bit. No, 
Fuck. Um, so, and plus as well, Dundee have slipped up the last couple of games. They've not, after a good run of form prior to that. So, aye, definitely Hearts. I've got to be in the charity bet. Uh, if I look down the leagues, what have we got that looks looks decent? Well, I said, I said before we, we saw the football results tonight, Queen's Park uh, evens at home to our broth, but then they've been pumped tonight. Yeah. Still could be one, possibly. I don't know whether... Error, 9-10 at 4 first. Whether that could be a shout. What else is there? The other one I had penciled in, but then I hate myself for it, is uh, Hibs to beat uh, Wraith Rovers. Because they've got the kind they win at some point. Ah, it's the, it's, it's the late kick-off. I take it that must be an Alba, I would think. Yeah, it's on, it's on Alba, yeah. Don't know whether Queen of the South at home, but it's a Barton, 17-20. <coughs> whether that's maybe a shout. What else is there? We could go with Queen's Park. My, my shout, my shout's Queen's Park and Hearts. Just go with that for the double. Because they're both evens, aren't they? 40 quid. Yeah, why don't you just go for that? Aye, I think that sounds good. And need to then come up with our first goal scorer as well. I had your guy Church to score the first goal. Aye, we do. It's only but, the lower leagues we do, though. Oh, is it? Aye, but we're allowed to play much up. I don't know why, but that was the agreement. So it needs to be something from either a Championship, League 1 or League 2. Cummins at Hibs, maybe? Yeah, I'd go Cummings then, yeah. Or let him let him have bad mouth Anthony Stokes. Maybe he's going to get the goal. Aye, that would be typical, wouldn't it? Um, we don't have odds yet for Cummings to score first, but I would guess he might be about 4-1, to one, but we'll see what happens. OK, let's go Cummings. OK, so that was nice and easy. Um, and I don't know if there's anything else you want to discuss or if that's, that's everything, probably. No, I'm happy with that. So hopefully we can get add to the charity pot the charity pot stands at £504.53. So, <coughs> bit of beginner's luck with Gaffer being on. So, we'll see what happens there. Aye, uh, but thanks for coming on. Hope you enjoyed your, your first appearance. No problem. Yeah, a pleasure. Hopefully we'll have you back on soon as well. I think next week Chris will be back to hosting duties as well. You'll be back from his holiday. And, aye, uh, thanks for listening. And goodbye. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you.